As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hogan Johns. I'm sorry. It happened again. Obviously disappointed with the loss. You know, the defense played really well. The storyline will be, hey, nice drives for the offense, but you got to be able to punch it in in the red zone. Fourth and goal. Herbert. Can he get in? Washington thinks they have stopped him, and for the moment it appears they have. Fake toss to the end zone, and it is juggled. Did he catch it? No, he did not. Oh, no! We suck again! It's all about execution. Covering the Bears from CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Okay. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Oh, Quagmire, well, you came and you it's Hogan Johns. <laughs> Welcome in. We're glad you're here. Last night was uh, something. That's for sure. And uh, yes, Josh, uh, in the comments, this is group therapy. We will get through this. Um, I'm glad we delayed till this morning. Last night was a long night. There were emotions flying on the CHGO postgame show. There was a depressed bear on the set. Things were getting weird. And we needed to sleep a little bit before we got back together this morning to consume all this nonsense. There was just so much to consume. Yeah. <laughs> it just kept adding up. That last drive alone, there was enough to break down for like five podcasts. But that entire game was just, it's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. I'll give you that. But that crazy for me. I feel like, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone. <laughs> I'm, I'm not disputing what you're zone. saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing this? Every season, we have at least three games where we sit here on this podcast and we're like, I, we've never seen that before. I felt like I warned everybody in the last podcast. Like, this is the team that the Bears should be. They're a better team, but these are still the Bears. Like, things happen. Like, unexplainable things just happen. You saw a lot of that against Washington last night. Well, I think where we need to start this discussion this morning, because there's a number of different ways to go, um, is let's start with something Robert Mays and Nate Tice was ta- were talking about last night on, on their, uh, they did an immediate post game last night uh, following, following the game. And I think Robert is understandably worried that there's going to be too much damage 
done to Justin Fields this season that he might not be able to come back from it. And he's pointing out like there was a comparison to Carson Wentz. And he made a good point, I thought, in that pod that like there's really no other example of a quarterback struggling this much in this type of environment and coming back to be what he was supposed to be. Now, Nate, to his credit, wasn't necessarily disagreeing with any of that, but he's like, yeah, but you see like the high still and like it's still there in him. And I completely agree with that. Like when you see the special moments, you're like, there's still something special in this quarterback. But I'm just really starting to get worried, John, that everybody's fears in the offseason about them not helping him enough, giving him an environment in which he can actually develop that that might do too much damage. The lack of investment in the offensive line, the serious lack of investment at receiver, this is what you're getting at. You're putting the... You're going upstairs to Hallis Hall and you're knocking on Ryan Poles' door right now, are you not? Let me give you an example. And first of all, I want to preface all this by saying I completely understand the the big picture um, philosophy that Ryan Poles is going for here, okay? He understands the cap. He understands the situation that they were in, some of the problems that were still left over, the amount of dead money. No team in the NFL is carrying more dead money than the Bears right now, okay? And the timing was just unfortunate that their window to start going all in and spend did not line up with Justin Fields' second season. It lined up with his third season. So I understood to a point that they couldn't go out and get him probably the amount of help he needed. But, Josh, this is bad. This is ridiculous. So here's a list of players, okay? And then I'm going to ask you what they all have in common. Valus Jones Jr., Amir Smith-Marset, Dante Pettis, Braxton Jones, Lucas Patrick, Ryan Griffin, Nicholas Morrow, Al-Quadin Muhammad, Equinemius St. Brown. Well, Those they're all, all Ryan Pohl's acquisitions. They're all Ryan, and, yeah. and, and, and every single one of those players is on my list of, now the last four I wouldn't say necessarily had, well, the last three I don't know that I would say were necessarily to blame something specific on last night, okay? But more so like when I throw Nicholas Morrow in there and Al-Quadim Muhammad and Equinemia St. Brown, like, They've been fine. But See, I expected more from Muhammad, but go on. Yes. Like they're but my point is like they're still on that list of guys like, come on. Like, come on. Like, let's are we being serious here? Like these are not these are not real impactful NFL players that are gonna make a difference for you when you win games. Okay, like let's just be real. Now the other guys I I I mentioned uh in kind of in order of maybe the blame you would put it on. Okay, Valus Jones Jr. Another muff punt just absolutely cannot happen. Third round pick. Should Amir, even field that ball, by the way. Right. No, let that go 10 times out of 10, especially when you're on your ass, you don't try to catch it. I mean, it's just such a ridiculous play. 
And by the way, I put some of that on the coaching staff. They need to recognize that he wasn't seeing the ball right all night. Shouldn't even been out there or should have been given orders to only fair catch it or let it go. Nothing else, which I guess he probably did try to fair catch it, but that was just bad. Amir Smith-Marset. I think there's teams that would have cut him after what happened last week or put him on the practice squad. And you can come back and say, well, who else do they have to put out there? Exactly. Exactly. Okay, Dante Pettis. Sometimes he makes a ridiculous catch. More times than not, he just doesn't even catch the ball. And that's been a theme since the preseason. Braxton Jones. I actually like Braxton Jones. But last night, he was part of the blame game for why they lost. Lucas Patrick. He had an awful game last night. And then we're going to get into this Ryan Griffin play here in a little bit, but I do think he deserves like at least some of the percentage of the blame on the, the missed uh, touchdown. It just... The, the point being, though, Johns, we can blame the situation, but that is a lengthy list of players that this GM brought in that is not helping the quarterback either, not providing an environment to develop. And it has to be part of this discussion. Can I take this conversation a step further? Sure. This is just what the Bears do. We wrote a 5,000-word article at the end of this season, you know, went viral. It all starts with the McCaskies. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, if absolutely. Have, great, if you haven't read job. it yet, just Google it. all starts with the McCaskies. It's on theathletic.com. Kevin Fishbane, myself, and Dan Pompey went deep on the Bears. Justin Fields is caught up in the Bears being the Bears. The three most important people on your football team, your head coach, your GM, your quarterback, have rarely aligned, like never aligned under George McCaskey. Happened again this year. Justin Fields is caught up in a rebuild that he shouldn't be a part of because he was drafted by a former regime. I'm not making an argument they should have kept Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. But when you draft another quarterback, like you, you have to prepare yourself for this. Ryan Poles wanted to rebuild. He wanted to tear everything down. Justin Fields is just caught up in all that. Like, understand what Ryan Poles wants to do. But this is just what the Bears do. It's like 2017, right? It's drafting Mitch Trubisky without your, your head coach's knowledge, as Ryan Pace did. And then you're throwing him out there with Tanner Gentry and Trey McBride and making trades for Dontrell Inman. How about that for a set of names for you? Oh, like, we've God. seen this show before. We've seen the Bears try to win with seven rushing attempts, and they did against the Carolina Panthers under John Fox. Bears are trying to run the ball out right now. So I know what you're saying about Ryan Poles. I don't want this to come off as defensive Ryan Poles. But Justin Fields just caught up in in what the Bears are. They continually do this. They fail their quarterbacks continuously. It's like Jay Cutler... Being, being signed to an, ex, an extension and then firing the GM who just did it. And again, you had to, but that's what the Bears are. They're just a continuous mess at the position and they have no one else but themselves to blame. And that goes all the way up to the top for their own decision making. It trickles down. Yeah, I, I totally agree with all that. I just think we also have to point out that the guys he did bring in 
aren't doing their jobs. Like, it is not, it's... It feels partially, again, like 2017 all over again. We were trying a young quarterback out there to try to make <laughs> filet mignon out of hamburger meat or something like that. You know? and, and like, even if you want to be like, okay, Amir Smith-Marset, like he's just a guy that claimed off waivers, blah, blah, blah. So, okay, fine. Dante Pettis, like uh, they're just grasping at straws. They brought in Byron Pringle too. They're hoping that one of them could be something. Equinemius St. Brown, like I get all that. But Valus Jones Jr., man, they're hyping this guy up. Use the third like, round. I, I, I thought he looked actually. Like, forget the kick return stuff, like the quick screens. I like what they did with him in certain situations. The end of the round again got you a lot of positive yards. It's, it's only a second game really activated in that, that offense, but I it's hard to get over the the muff punts. Right. I mean, those are game changing mistakes by a young player. Yeah. I. It just. I. I don't. It, it's just okay. So, so we're all establishing the reality that that Justin Fields is not uh, getting enough help. But, like at the same time, there are plays that he has to make as a quarterback, right? And, and can I just 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 go on a little bit of a rant here? Like, just because an ex player on ESPN says something the morning after a game doesn't mean it is gospel. So I don't know if you've seen any of this this morning. I know you just woke up, Johns. <laughs> but like, I, I saw your text, the Keyshawn so, Johnson. Clip. So Keyshawn Johnson, like, is just putting all the blame on the wide open throw to Ryan Griffin on Ryan Griffin, and like, it's so ridiculous. Like, elevate your standard for quarterback play. Was it a great route? No. Did he turn around too soon? I don't know what they're teaching him. He, he was, he was, he probably was moving a little bit too slow and whatever. He's wide ass open. Your job as quarterback is to recognize how open a receiver is or is not, and that affects the way you throw the ball. The same thing on the last play in the game, the Mooney. On that play, Justin Fields correctly recognized he had to throw to a spot. And he did. And he made the throw. And his wide receiver let him down. That is an example. For those of you that want to sit here and point out that Justin Fields is not getting help, you have a strong argument. You have probably a list of 10 plays you can look at in that game and go, yep, I'm right about this. The Ryan Griffin play is not your best example. So just because Keyshawn Johnson said it this morning does not mean you should be on Twitter or anywhere else trying to blame the tight end for that play. Any other quarterback or any other coach would tell you he's so open, put more air under the ball, make sure it is a touchdown. Don't leave any margin for air. That is part of your job playing quarterback. Not every route is going to be perfect. In fact, probably 90% of them are not going to be perfect on any given play. And the quarterback is part of the equation in making sure the completions still happen. And I understand there's going to be some routes that are off by a yard here or there, like a stop or you know whatever. And, and it doesn't work out, and you're going to blame the wide receiver. When you're that wide open, the throw needs to be made. You know who said that last night? Could not have said it per, more perfect. Justin Fields, I got to hit that. I'm an NFL quarterback. This is just what I'm asking people as they evaluate the situation. 
He's an NFL quarterback. There are plays he is expected to make even if the routes are not run perfectly. And you need to hold him to that standard sometimes. Okay, I'm done. You done? Feel better? Not really. I, I, I can see it both ways. But the to read the full quote, this is Justin Fields last night. The one that's making me mad is the one to Griff in the end zone. He probably could have ran a little bit more. But he's wide open. I got to hit that. I'm an NFL quarterback. I got to hit that. So there's your quarterback acknowledging what everybody else is saying. Sure, he slowed up a bit. But he's probably so wide open. So what? To me, it's the quarterback, to use your phrasing, is the most important part of the equation when it comes to the passing game. The ball is in his hands. The pre-line checks are in his mind. All of that. Like, at what what point do, like, the, the excuses stop being everybody else's mistakes? You know, like, Darnell Mooney opened down the seam. You know, like, I get that. Like, we broke that down, like, extensively. The play against the Giants. Ran the wrong route. Okay, but he's open. Okay, fine. Which the, which, the, which the head coach even said, and I appreciated that. Yes, he's got to bend it a bit, but he's open. Quarterback's got to make the play. Wide open, Cole Komet over the middle, down the seam. He came open so fast, according to Luke Getzey, that it surprised Justin Fields. Threw off his footwork. He rushed the throw. Went high. Like, when does the conversation shift to, like, okay, like, Let's have a better than a 54.8 completion percentage this year. I think what I like the, the way I look at it, yes, Ryan Griffin needs to be better in that play. But at the same time, that's a journeyman tight end who's going to be 33 soon, who's here in a one-year deal. He's not the one trying to be your franchise quarterback, your franchise tight end. He's not even going to be here next year. Now, that's part of Ryan Poles' fault. I get it. But it's on quarterback to to finish that. It's it's on your promising young first round quarterback to make that play. The superstar from Ohio State, and I think Justin Fields knows it. Yes. Wasn't perfect, but he has to complete that pass. That's what NFL quarterbacks do. I I, I and I guess just my point is like again, if you want to be the the person, we're about to get in this too. We're going to be part of it because it's both. It is him, and that's part of what's so frustrating about a game last night. Like last night, it was either the quarterback screwing up in moments where he had guys open, or it was, oh my God, he made a great play, and then the wide receiver screwed up, or nobody protects him and he gets hammered, which we'll get into too here in a little bit. So it is both. Nobody's saying it's not, but it's just like if you're going to sit here this morning and make the argument that it's on his teammates, that's not the play you should be talking about. No. That's that's my only thing. There's 10 other plays you could be talking about than that one. So just because Keyshawn Johnson said it on ESPN today doesn't mean like that's what you should be focusing on. That's all I'm saying. So, I mean, we, we, we can get to some of the other stuff too. It's like, again... I I want to still look at some of these special moments that he's having and be like, it's still in there. 
And I and I really like I still think it is. And that's where I'm just starting to get frustrated, I think, Johns, with the lack of help around him. I mean, this offensive line right now, it's not sustainable. I can't believe he finished that game last night. And and I'm the Bears should be happy that they have a little extra mini buy here before having to play, you know, the following Monday against the Patriots. And part of me still wonders if he's going to be limited in practice when they get back out there next Thursday. But the good thing is, is they have a week now until they actually practice next. He revealed last night that he's dealing with a left shoulder problem. And that it happened, to use his words, a while back. And that it was re-aggravated last night against Washington. Montez Sweat, Darren Payne, Jonathan Allen. They own the Bears offensive line. And again... There were certain instances, like the first sack. Justin Fields has to get the ball out. Cole Komet's coming open across the middle. He held the ball too long. I understand that. I think he needs to get the ball out quicker. I think everybody who watches can understand that. But at the same time, as that game kept going on, you knew who was winning in the trenches. Braxton Jones wasn't winning in the trenches. Lucas Patrick wasn't winning in the trenches. That left side of the offensive line was no good. Sam Mustafer wasn't winning in the trenches. <sighs> like he he he's gonna he's not gonna finish the season. Five right? sacks, five sacks. One was him scrambling out of bounds. Five sacks, twelve quarterback hits. That's what I was gonna say. Is like the five sacks is misleading. I mean, he took over five shots that could have ended his season. Let alone the one where he's, oh, I don't know how his knee survived. And by the way, how does he not get the call on that? Every other damn quarterback in the league gets a low, you can't tackle their their knees anymore. See, I think Fields, like, he's gotten his fair share of, of, of calls this year. But there are a few instances, I want to say two or three, where he's down on the ground where I'm thinking, oh, this is it. I'm like, this yeah. is finally it. Like, he's down. He's out. I think some of it was him getting the wind knocked out of him. But on the touchdown pass to Dante Pettis, his best throw of the night. Beautiful dime. Free play. I like that even more. Like, Yes. Yeah. Like, how often do we see Mr. Trubisky, like, ever take advantage of a free play? He, like, never did it. Never. I, did. I'm not sure in all the years we've covered the team we've ever seen them successfully do a Jay touchdown. Cullen, on I, one I, of those. I'd even go back to, yes, yes. And yes. that's, by the way, that is a specific thing you can point to Luke Getze coming here. Like, that in itself, well, with the Packers do it. All the time. So he yes. brought that here. We saw them practicing it in training camp that day. Nate Tice was out there watching practice with us. We're like, oh, you know, they're trying to get the free play. They're working on the cadence, and it finally paid off yes. for a touchdown. But meanwhile, Montez, it was, I think it was sweat on that play. Yes, he landed on top of Fields, and Fields was down for a bit. Well, he basically drove Braxton Jones into, I think I think it was like a helmet-to-helmet shot where it was the left tackle's helmet hitting the quarterback. And his shoulder got hurt on that play, too. Oh, man. It's it's just... Something needs to be... Lo- I, I mean, I don't know what the answer is here in the buy. But if... if It's not really a buy. Mini buy. But you have, you have a weekend here where I don't know how Ryan Poles isn't sitting there in his office with Ian Cunningham being like, okay, what, what can we realistically change here? You have a little bit of break whether it's shuffling guys around, whether it's getting Alex Leatherwood up to speed at guard, I don't know, whether it's bringing somebody else in, pulling off a little trade where you, and I don't know, you know, like I I don't think any of the options are great. 
But you can't just keep going out there with the same. They talked all since the start of training game. Find your best five. Well, the best five isn't good enough. Well, I wasn't surprised that they went with this this starting five against Washington. It's a short week. They're not really practicing. Justin Fields in the protection were, were pretty good in Minnesota by the end of it. They were. So there were relative positives going into this one for the offensive line just in terms of well, how Fields said himself he was comfortable and more calm back during the pocket. That in itself is encouraging for them going into this game. But they also said it themselves leading up to this one. That defensive line is fearsome. And they won. They won the night by the end of it. Yeah. I just... I don't know what the answers are, though. Schofield and Riley Reef guys signed right before training camp? Maybe. <sighs> Alex Leatherwood, the big waiver wire pickup? With the bus label from Oakland? Maybe. I mean, I'm, my point is you just got to try something different because this this ain't it right now. Yeah, see, I like what they did in the first half. They seem to change the launch points a lot. Washington did seem to adjust to it. I, I remember a couple instances where they're rolling out to the right or Fields was, and again, that defender came upfield, but not a lot of answers in terms of what you're dealing with. You saw some of what Nate Tights said last week um, where they spread it out, one read and go. There's they also did a of lot of seven and eight man protections early on, but the problem with that is then you don't have any. You only have like two wide receivers to throw to downfield. Yeah, yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Um, Did you... Well, you wouldn't have seen this, but 
I don't know if it was going on on Twitter or not. I just happened to be watching Amazon Prime's pregame. Um, but what Ryan Fitzpatrick had to say. And no, I did not see it. So he did a pretty good breakdown, I thought. And he started with the things he likes about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Or I'm sorry, about um, Justin Field. And it was like a lot of what I think we all see. There's two things that I can honestly sit here and say, I think Justin Fields does as well as one, I could say for sure, as well as any other quarterback in the league. And the second one, he's definitely, I think, in the top five. Okay. Wait, this is your, you talking or, or. Well, this is me talking, but me agreeing with what Ryan Fitzpatrick was saying. Okay. Okay. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick's point was he is not a good runner, not a great runner. He is an elite runner at the quarterback position. And I think that that is completely true. Like, what other quarterbacks right now are even in the same class? Like, Josh Allen's big and athletic, but he can't do the moves that Justin Fields is doing. Jalen Hurts, probably in that category right now. Lamar Lamar Jackson, right? But he is in, like, this class that makes it really hard to defend him when you have that type of weapon, okay? The other thing he does well, He's a big game hunter. He throws a good deep ball. That's why in the midst of all this chaos and shittiness, they're good for a couple really impressive downfield throws every single game. There were a few. There were a few. You know, he can legitimately do that. And that's where I still hold out hope, Johns, that there's something in there that, that, that can be fixed. Because it's like everything in between. You have quarterbacks that can only run. Right, and then they can't really do anything else. You, you you have like Jay Cutler could throw. He had a big arm, right? But he couldn't complete those, right? And and so it's like you have two hard things that are hard to get in the NFL at the quarterback position. What about everything in between? And so that's where Ryan Fitzpatrick was going. He was saying, elite runner, really good downfield thrower, and then that's where my compliments stop. That's how he worded it. Unfortunately, that's where my compliments end. And he doesn't, he seemed to be questioning whether or not Justin Fields can ever really be a true pocket passer. The short stuff, the easy completions, the nine yard sack he takes on the first drive, where not only did he have an open throw, he had a lane to run, a pretty wide open lane to run if he wanted to. The throw off. A defensive lineman's helmet. Come on. Like, I understand passes get batted down at the line of scrimmage. You can't throw it off a helmet. That's on the quarterback. You got to find a way to get that up higher. You're, he's 6'4", isn't he? Fields, he's a big dude. Yeah. I mean, Throwing is a big dude in Cole Clement, who had won his one-on-one matchup in the end zone. I mean, Almost this isn't... my bold prediction. This isn't Drew Brees or Russell Wilson playing on his tippy toes. He's a massive quarterback. He can't be throwing the ball off helmets. You got the Mr. Ryan Griffin that we talked about. Uh, Dante Pettis was open on that third and three bomb that he tried to get to Darnell Mooney, which again, I I can't fault them for taking shots, but then he overthrew him on that one. And it's third and three. Hit the underneath crosser. He's open. 
Then he was way behind Darnell Mooney on the next third down, and it looked like on that one, the deep shot to Pettis would have been open, but then I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because, again, it's a third down. But Darnell wasn't really open on that play. So I, I just they got to hack into that somewhere, Johns, and get that middle ground working. And then I think that's where all the excuses and people saying he doesn't have help do come into play because that's the hardest part probably about playing quarterback is sitting in that pocket, scanning the field, hitting the open guy. And when you got free rushers coming in when you shouldn't, I mean, I can't blame them right yeah. now. You know what hasn't become part of the, the conversation with fields yet is the, the old cliche, you know, we're taking what the defense is giving us. We don't get that answer much because I think he, you do see his big game hunting tendencies come out more more often than that. I thought there was a couple examples yesterday where, where Pettis is coming open underneath on a shallow cross and he's going deep. Darnell Mooney in like third and three. Like there's a couple examples of that. Cole Komet open underneath. You know, here's an interesting uh, thing about that Ryan Griffin play. It's like one of the few snaps the entire game that Cole Komet was not on the field. Yeah. Like, is, I, that it, is that originally for him or is that part of the the cat and mouse game with the offense, you know? Well, right, because you're Ryan Griffin can catch that ball, right? And you're sort of lulling the defense to sleep by putting he's the blocking tight end. Yeah. Does Cole Komet get as open or is the defense more worried about him? I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know why he's people have been asking me that on Twitter. Why was that? Why was that to Ryan Griffin and not Cole Komet? I don't I don't know. But I know I I know what Fitzpatrick is saying though. You want to see Justin Fields have games where he's stacking completions, right? Where he's yeah. taking what the defense is giving it, giving him. Five yards, six yards, three yards. Just moving the ball consistently down the field. He had some of that against Minnesota. He did. He had his best completion percentage of the season. But he's, I'm looking at it right now, 54.8 completion percentage over six games. It's not good. Your guy Geno Smith is like at 80%. I'm exaggerating, but he's up there. <laughs> Which is a good example. I mean, Geno, that's, Geno's taking what the defense has given him. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's also got more help. He's got DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett. Which I guess is another thing I want to talk about. And by the way, we should talk about the defense at some point. They certainly gave the team uh, more than enough chance to win this game. But like, when, when do we just accept that Darnell Mooney's not really a number one wide receiver? Oh, I feel like this is tough for you. You, you were so high in him going into this year. The, yeah, the route if running, you, the separation. If you, you check, let's rewind though. All summer, I said I think he's a one and a half. I don't know that he's a true number one. I think he's can be better than a two. And then in training camp, you can't deny that he looked really, really good running routes, getting open. And I think it's fair right now to point out that he doesn't have a lot of help. He still had a decent game last night. But I'm sorry. The elite wide receiver catches that touchdown to win the game. I, I think, well, yes. Hit him in his hands, fall into the end zone. If that catch is made, literally at the goal line, Bears win. 
Washington clearly got away with a pass interference to play earlier on Dante Pettis. Agreed. <laughs> it was agreed. an egregious penalty. Uh, I'm surprised Dante Pettis is actually okay. He was like bent backwards, not just his body, but his but his head, and, and it, there was like some whiplash there. looked looked bad and ugly. But the defender clearly got away with the PI there in, in the back of the end zone. To go back to what we were saying about Geno Smith, like the physical comparisons between Tyler Lockett and Darnell Mooney are there, but on the opposite side, he has DK Metcalf. Yeah, the big guy who can do different things, who opens things up for Lockett down the field. Your go-to guy. I don't know. The Bears don't have that. Nikhil Harry, he's a big guy, first-round pick. He's got the size. He's got the attributes to go up and get it, but I don't think it's him. At least I don't believe it's him right now. I haven't seen anything from him. Yeah. I I just... If you put Darnell Mooney on the Seahawks, not a good team, by the way, He's their third best wide receiver. You put him on the Eagles with A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. He's their third best wide receiver. Yeah, like that's all I'm saying is is, and 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 also part of that is just the, the it speaks to the lack of help that Justin has. It is a fair conversation. It is an absolutely fair conversation. I just it, it's. You were there last night. You wrote about it. I mean, what do you think's going through Justin Fields' so, head as, as he's sitting there in the locker room? Because yeah, that, that's what I took most note of. Because I've been in those losing locker rooms, and you know, you watch body language. You know, some players are are short with their answers, but Justin Fields sat in his locker for a long time, long time, looking at his phone, not looking at anything. Having a brief conversation, brief conversation with Darnell Mooney, then Luke Getze. didn't seem to go well. I'm not saying they're arguing. Don't get carried away, but obviously some emotions are raw after this game. Like you take note of that stuff. Usually, Justin Fields comes to the lectern, fully changed, night's over, ready to go. It's 11 p.m like 45 minutes, if not more, after the game. He's still in his game gear, still in his game pants. You could see the frustration. You could hear the frustration. I'm not saying the like uh, the Bears are breaking him. Come on, there's a bunch of football left. Justin Fields seems like a pretty resilient football player and human being. I think he could get through this. But that loss stung him a bit. You could tell. It was in his body language. It was in his answers. It was in everything he was doing post-game. Which I think kind of brings us full circle. Like, as, which is, I think is Robert May's concern. Like, at what point is too much scar tissue building up to come back from? Like, I, I want to... I want... Guys, I want to be the believer, and I'm getting a lot of this in, on Twitter this morning too. Yo, it's just a lost season. They're rebuilding. Wait, just focus on the positives and they'll bring in the help and the, like, yo, I hate to say it. You're putting way too much faith in the Chicago Bears organization. <laughs> How many times have we been through this? 
Yes, I want to believe that's what's going to happen. I want to believe that this offseason, Ryan Poles is going to go out and spend every single dollar on the right players. How many times do you have to see, not only here in Chicago, but across the league, that free agency can be fool's gold? We'll be talking about it come February and March. Right? You can't just fix everything there. And so that's why I go back to the list of players that I brought up at the beginning of the show that Ryan Poles brought in that have either a direct impact on the loss last night or haven't played well enough in the six games so far this season and really don't appear to be the answers. Okay, and there's some guys I left off that list that I still like, like Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. Like, I still like Braxton Jones, too, by the way, but last night was not it. Kyler Gordon had a good game. He did. He did. It's just, if you want to sit here and be like, oh, everything's going to be fine in the offseason, all I'm saying is you should know better as a Bears fan. I think it's possible. I understand the game plan there, but we can't just sit here and ignore all the negatives that are going on or we wouldn't be doing our jobs right. You know know what the the sad thing about this? Like the most likely scenario of all this, and I'm getting way too ahead of myself here, so forgive me for listening to this, but we know this story. Team drafts another quarterback, coach gets fired, GM stays. I'm way ahead of myself, but we've seen it play out way too many times here. Right. It- <laughs> exactly. I mean, I it, it, and let's narrow it down, though, even to more of like a micro situation that might emerge. Like it, at this point, it's hard to find another four wins on the schedule. Now it gets tougher. So, you know, when I said all offseason, I didn't think this was going to be a team drafting in the top five. That's not really what I said. What I said was if they are, something's gone terribly, terribly, terribly wrong for the quarterback. And that's the thing, though, too, right? Now, you may like Justin Fields. You could be Ryan Poles, like, oh, I should have gotten more help. But you may like what he's doing. You you may love his resilience. But now you're looking at your potential draft positioning. Yes. And what do you do? You have to scout quarterbacks. It is bad business if you don't. And by the way, John, sorry to interrupt you, but now you have putting yourself in April of next year with a crucial decision. You're either in on Justin or you're not. You're either going, all right, we know all these other teams want quarterbacks. Maybe they'll trade up. Maybe it's a situation where I could trade back, get some more picks, whatever. But now I'm drafting a wide receiver or I'm drafting an offensive lineman to help Justin. By doing that, you're in on Justin. You better be right. And if you don't, if you say, no, you know what? We got to go in a different direction. You know, we're looking at Bryce Young. We like we like one of these other quarterbacks. Well, now you've made that huge decision that you're done with, Justin. You know what I'm saying? Like, And, and so we're still sitting here, and I know it's only been six games. It's been a third of the season. But the, the next two-thirds of the season, you better be, give yourself a better evaluation than you've given yourself so far. That's what, the problem to me. What I would do, now we're getting way ahead of ourselves. It's October 14th, but... Well, they're 2-4, and four and they yeah, got games yeah, against yeah, the Patriots yeah, and Cowboys we'll, coming up. We'll be doing mock drafts <laughs> by Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, I think uh, mock draft 1.0 comes out on Tuesday, John. It's, it's like, going back to everything you just said, that list of players and the investment 
and like in the offensive line and the the receiving court, like you still have to invest in those positions, even if you have questions at quarterback, because regardless of if Justin Fields is your quarterback next year or it's some veteran, that player, that quarterback needs help. So you could be building around Justin Fields at the same time. You're still building around a quarterback you may be drafting in 2024. There needs to be some the, the continued investment will be there. I think with Ryan Poles, he knows it. He looks at that offensive line. He knows they need more there. Come on, Ryan Poles is a former offensive lineman. He knows what's going on there. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. It's a long process, but can I switch gears quickly? Sure. Did you see Carson Wentz take out Roquan Smith? Yes, I wish I hadn't, but I did see that. Yeah. Do you think that Roquan Smith expected just like light contact? I don't know what he expected. He got popped. He got yeah. decleated. <laughs> you can't have that happen. Yeah. His and this is coming after in his own words. He said, "If I want the things I want, I need to make that play against Jalen Rager last week." Now you're getting popped by a quarterback. Like, like yeah, it's not good. Doesn't let's look just good. call it what it is. Five out of these six games have not been what he needs to get the big contract he wants. And by the way, this might ruffle some feathers. I apologize in advance, but it came up last night on our CHGO postgame show because Carm was starting to look at and Braggs were starting to look at like what pieces the Bears realistically have right now to get more draft capital. They really Tr- truly trade pieces. Truly want to rebuild. And the reality is there ain't much. What are you getting for Robert Quinn right now? A seventh round pick? He's doing nothing. Right? I hate to say it, but Roquan Smith's the one thing you have. And 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 I have to wonder if that's on the table. Sorry, I'm trying to pull up Robert Quinn's stats here. I don't think his name was announced once last night. Because because what option do you have right now with Roquan Smith? I don't think he's going to accept less because he's struggling. You're not paying him based on how he's playing, so you just put the franchise tag on him, right? Like that's where this is headed. <laughs> Roquan Smith better hope that's where it's headed after that once play. Like, <laughs> I mean, but seriously, like it's a lot of money to commit to a guy. Franchise tag. It's a lot of money. Yeah. And let's not forget which one of those two demanded the trade. True. Why can't I find the defensive stats here? Who? Robert well, Quinn. The, here it is. Here it that, is. No, no. That's the problem, Johns. You can't find them. <laughs> one solo tackle in 36 snaps. Oh, a bit lower than I thought in terms of snap counts. Do you have the snap counts in front of you? I can. Keep talking. Well, I just want to know how much Travis Gibson played last night. I'll pull it up right now. Because, like, I don't remember seeing him. Travis Gibson was on the field for 25 plays, 44% of the defensive snaps. In terms of defensive <sighs> ends, Muhammad led it with 37, Robert Quinn with 36. And then you had Dominique Robinson with 17 and then Travis Gibson with 25. Look, I, I mean, it's hard to complain too much about the defense. They they were good. 
If you're a coach, you're probably sitting there going, nah, we did what we needed to do. But I, I don't get it. Travis Gibson's been your best defensive end. Dominique Robinson's been your second best. I, I, you, someone needs to explain to me how Travis Gibson doesn't get on the field more than 44% of the game. That doesn't make any sense to me. There were times last night he looked like the Bears' best defensive player on the, up front. It, 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 that, that is, that is mind-boggling to me. But you know what? A lot of this stuff doesn't make sense at this point. All right. Um, but good job by the defense. They gave him a chance. They're also playing Carson Wentz. I was, I, I put in here my Bears MVP last night was Carson Wentz. The joke. I mean, <laughs> the stat line of the winning quarterback last night just—it just makes me laugh. But the same thing happened against the Giants. True, true. Even well, at least they've Daniel lost. Jones. To, they've lost to two quarterbacks that didn't throw for a hundred yards this year. Yeah, at least Daniel Jones had the two naked bootleg touchdown runs. Carson Wentz gave you nothing last night. <laughs> nothing. Twelve for twenty-two, ninety-nine yards, three sacks. A long of 18 and a 66.3 pass rating. Again, Daniel Jones beat you with his legs a little bit. Two great touchdown runs. Carson Wentz gave you nothing. The only way Washington, the only way Washington was winning that game was if the Bears threw a pick six, turned the ball over, and it was returned by the defense for a touchdown, or did what they did on special teams, muffing the punt inside the five. That was the only way. Washington wasn't scoring a touchdown in that game. There were a couple debatable pass interference calls. The one on Kyler Gordon specifically, I have problems with. Yeah, underthrown ball hit Kyler Gordon in, in the head. Uh, that's one of my pet peeves that goes back years. We've talked about this on our post game shows before. Stop calling pass interference on severely underthrown footballs. Like it, it's ridiculous. It, like if you can call, if you can have no pi on an overthrown ball. Because it's not catchable. Like, at what point does that become part of the equation on an underthrown ball? I'm being serious. Like, we're, we're we're punishing defensive backs for the football being underthrown by like seven yards. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And, and he by- turned like it's just the contact wasn't egregious. It wasn't as bad as what Dante Pettis felt in the back of the end zone. No, when he got tackled, he got whacked in the head. He got tackled by the head, and they didn't call P.I. Yeah. Yeah. They also screwed up the call on uh, Jalen Johnson, by the way. That was a penalty. It was defensive holding. It wasn't pass interference. And if you're calling pass interference, then you should have ruled that the ball was uncatchable. That doesn't apply to holding, though. So, like, I'm, I'm, I was just pointing out that even on that play, the ref screwed that up. It wasn't the right call. It was a penalty, but they didn't call it right. Yeah. So... All right, well, the refs are also way down on the list of people to blame, though, in this one. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, what do you think about the, uh, before we leave, the goal line run with Khalil Herbert? I don't like the decision to run right into the significant strength of the Washington defense. <laughs> right? That's what I felt in, in, in yeah. real time. Like, you said all week. That this defensive line is one of the best in the NFL. And it yeah. starts with the two guys in the middle. So you're going to run straight at them? Don't overthink it. There's just got to be... catch them off guard. Yes. It, Go there's got to be something else that you have up your sleeve with Justin Fields' legs. Right? Like, 
an option play. Like I'm being serious though. Like some like a pitch, you know, something where like look, we all said we 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 hated the shotgun run up the middle. Uh what was that week 2? I still agree. Like so I don't I can't sit here and complain about them but, but why is it Khalil Herbert? Isn't David Montgomery the guy who picks up the dirty yards? Who every time yeah. it looks like he's tackled, he still falls forward? I think I, I, I don't used, understand the running back personnel there. I, I, in general, I don't understand it because I think they have to look at what they're doing with them more. Speaking of snap counts, have you looked at the snap count disparity between Montgomery and Herbert? Give me those. David Montgomery, 56 out of 72 plays, 78%. Khalil Herbert, 16 snaps on offense. 16. Montgomery ran well. Herbert ran better. Yeah. You don't think well, that I, should be... I don't, I'm not saying it should be a fully even 50-50 split, but he's going to be on the field more than 16 plays? Probably. I, I Look, I just look at it like they're two of your better offensive weapons right now. Like, you got to find... A, get, get them oh, both on the field. on the field together. Like the Packers do. Well, I'm just saying, like, you don't have good wide receivers. You happen to have good running backs. We're on to something here. Like, maybe get your best players on the field more? Yeah. Same thing on defense with Travis Gibson. I, I don't know. There's just things like that that are... And by the way, I overall like what Luke Getzey's doing. I, I still think that you know, there are positives to the offense. They are moving the football. But we'll just wrap up with this. You cannot win games in which you have a first and goal at the six, a first and goal at the three, a first and goal at the five, and you get zero points. It's like uh, my mom used to say. Uh, she'd say, if you ever loaded the bases with nobody out and didn't score, you deserve to lose the game. Like, that's the equivalent to me. If you're first and goal inside the five and you don't score a point just once in a game, you should not win. You do that three times? I mean, that's really hard to do. You deserve to lose. It is really hard to do. I actually have a stat on that. Okay. Bear with me. Hold on. Keep Please talking. tell me it's the first time in the history of football that it's ever happened. Um, hold on. Why does this not want to open? Are you ready? Okay. Are you ready for this? Hold on. <laughs> I'm talking because it's not loading. I don't think I'm ready. No, don't care. Here it is. Okay. The Bears are the only team since 2000 to have at least three goal-to-go drives in a single game and fail to score points in any of the possessions. So take that and think about that for a little bit. Only team since 2000. It's happened before? <laughs> I just think we stopped the data at 2000. <laughs> Yeah, like so. That's the yeah. So that's as far back as the data goes. I, I think Kevin Fishbane actually was able to expand that by one more year with his own research. Oh, I think this, I saw that tweet. This is from True Media. 
Yeah, he says it goes back to 99. I saw that. So basically, it's the first time that's ever happened. Good job, Bears. I just one time want them to do something like positive that's never happened before, like ever on offense. Is that possible? <laughs> like be the team that's setting some type of good record, not a bad record. Uh, it's like everybody waiting for their franchise quarterback, right? This one, this one's going to be an all timer. I feel like if it doesn't work out. The Justin Fields. Like, it, it, it'll go down forever about how the Bears ruin Justin Fields. If it doesn't work out. <laughs> Again, like, if, if, if that becomes, like, the, the, the finality of this, that goes all the way to the top, man. I'm sorry. I know what you're saying about Ryan Poles, but Ryan Poles didn't draft him. Matt Eberflus wasn't here to develop him in the f- his first year. I mean, this is so layered, but this is what the Bears do continuously. Yep. They can't get out of their own way. They're patient to a point and not patient enough. It's it's all a problem, Adam Hogue. It's all a problem. I do I do not disagree that it that it goes all the way to the top. Just look at I mean I mean I hate to say it, but the the numbers speak for themselves when you look at when George McCaskey took over this franchise and what they've done since and the amount of GMs and the amount of head coaches that have been here. Now you're starting to go through quarterbacks and not just like the shitty quarterbacks that you had every like three weeks back in the, uh, you know, the nineties and the early two thousands, like first round draft pick quarterbacks. Yeah. That you can't figure out. It's, 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 yeah. It is what it is. All right, we we gotta get out of here. Thank you for being here though, and sitting through this therapy session. Uh, I apologize that your therapist showed up fifteen minutes late. There's a guy, Aaron, in the comment section just screaming for a John Fox soundbite. Oh, God bless it! Your, your board's not plugged in. Yeah, we can make it happen. We take requests here. Um. I just don't want to break your ears at the same time. Hang on. Which one do you want? We could just like, you know. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think, you know, you know, well done. It'd be well said. You know, there's some unfamiliar area or infamiliar, whatever that word is, non-familiar. Um, uh. <laughs> there you go. Oh. I think we haven't won enough under the leadership of George McCaskey, and that's what we're working on. There you go. True. Have we gotten the quarterback situation completely right? No. Have we won enough games? No. Everything else is there? No. <laughs> no. Uh, probably not. All right. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. Nothing really. Um, if you're listening to the podcast version, you got a nice episode, uh, open, I should say, from Ernie. Our guy Ernie coming through with the opens the last couple of weeks. We appreciate that. Ernie Scadden. Uh I should say 
16-inch softball champion, Ernie Skadden, with WGN Radio, the manager. For the uninitiated, that's the ball you catch with your hands, no glove. No glove, yes. Chicago style. Yes, that beat, that beat the Audi, Odyssey, mainly the score team, and it was a lot of drama. Good for Ernie. Ernie's the man, and he does a great job with our opens. Um, so if you're watching on YouTube, you might want to check out the podcast, too. Just check that out. If you are here uh, on the YouTube page for the first time, please hit subscribe. You can always catch this podcast this way. Uh, we go live after games, and, of course, we have episodes three times a week. So our schedule now with this mini-buy, we are going to, you know, take a breather like Justin Fields. We'll, we'll be like Justin Fields on the sideline last night, you know, closing our eyes taking deep breaths over the weekend, relaxing a little bit, but we will be back. I think we're going Monday, aren't we? We might have a special episode. We're trying to put together a special episode next week early with the uh, the mini buy, so stay tuned for that. Might be Monday. Might drop Monday early for you. Otherwise, it'll definitely be by Tuesday, and then we'll be right back at it, getting into your preview for Bears Patriots. It's a winnable game, guys which means it's also possible for an excruciating loss. No Belichick time, right? I think that's really what we mean by winnable games for this team. Is There's also the possibility that it's just an excruciating loss, too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, enjoy your weekend. We appreciate each and every one of you. Yeah, I'm not an office coordinator. I'm not a defense coordinator. I'm not a special teams coordinator, but I coordinate all three. We'll talk to you. See ya. Jesse, you freaking moron!